Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so here's what you missed if you watched that game that the Bucs won 19-17. Of course, the 56-yard field goal by Nick Folk hit the upright. So that was fortunate for them. So after the game, everybody wanted to see, like, what would Tom Brady and Bill Belichick do? Um, you know, they, they took a knee. Brady was shaking hands with some guys on the Patriots. And then here comes Belichick, and they kind of gave it, you know, the good good solid bro hug for, you know, a couple seconds or whatever. And that seemingly was it, right? It was about what you expected. Actually, I think there was prop bets. If, they, if you said he'd shake his hand, you got this much. If you said it was going to be a hug, it qualified as a hug. Okay, so... We go into the uh, post-game press conference, and then, you know, we talk to a lot of people. It starts with Arians, and then they brought in, you know, Joe Tryon, and then I think um, Antonio Brown. And, we, you know, these players kept coming in. It's like, where is Tom Brady? <laughs> like, come on, man. This was Brady Day. It was Brady Palooza. You know, it, it, it was all about Brady and Belichick. Um, and he was nowhere. And, and so for the longest time, I guess the game probably ended about 11.30. It was well after 12.30 before he came in. And he apologized. And he said, hey, sorry I'm late, guys. You know, some, some unexpected things happened or came up. Well, you know what the unexpected thing was? Bill Belichick, after doing his press conference and saying virtually nothing, walked over to the Bucks locker room, uh, got a small corner in that in that area, and pulled Brady aside, and they talked for 24 minutes. Just him and him and uh, Belichick, and I would say that that was probably the most clear the air session since Brady and Belichick sort of split, you know, back in what March of two thousand and twenty. So it was really interesting. Now, you know, Brady being Brady wouldn't share anything that they talked about, but he did. He did kind of made it clear. He's like, you know, look, uh, he kind of took the high road. A lot of things that are said, you know, uh, aren't true. I read a lot of stuff and. He was very, um, you know, obviously complimentary of Belichick, but I, I just thought it was interesting that that Belichick, you know, would would go to that length to where I think I think the the book that Seth Weckershem wrote, maybe some things have been out there about him not meeting with Brady in person, you know, before um, he left the Patriots, he had met with Bob Kraft and he ended up talking to him on the phone, and Weckershem says in the book that he thought that was Brady's idea, so a lot of that was probably stuff he wanted to hash out. I don't know. Maybe he's just asking him how his family was doing. I really don't know, but we'll never know because Brady's not going to tell us. Let me just say this. They were lucky to win this game, Steve. I I, I had no idea if uh, if they deserved it or not. I mean, you don't give back wins, but, man, oh, man, uh, what a struggle offensively for them to try to get the ball in the end zone, and they did it one time. Yeah, I don't know if it was the weather, and I think that was part of it. Part of it, for sure. But I, I think – and. It's hard to think of a time where Brady was, I don't want to say rattled by the moment, but I think it affected him a lot more than we realized. And, and if you oh, saw, I do too. You saw how emotional he he got in some of the post game interviews, whether it was Michelle Tafoya or at the 
at the podium in the press conference afterwards. Yeah. Is, you know, we're so used to seeing him and, you know, it doesn't matter the moment, the Super Bowls, the whatever, that, that you know, he's been able to, you know, compartmentalize that, that kind of stuff and, and just play football and go at it. And I think, mm. I think you saw a quarterback that and that was a lot of pressure this week and a lot of buildup and, and probably all season. I mean, you know, when the schedule came out in, you know, whatever it was, April or May, whenever the schedule comes out, and this year with COVID, I don't remember when exactly it was, but I think it's, you know, something's been building all year for him. And I, I, this week probably was harder on him than he anticipated going in. And I think you saw it here. And I, and I think you saw him missing some weapons too. Um, you know, I think he would have really liked to have Gronkowski in this game mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, you had, you had players in, in the weather may have been part of suit. Mike Evans with a big drop. And, you know, just just a lot of things didn't go very, you know, there's just things were just off. I think they, you know, they were saying on ESPN afterwards, he had 10 missed targets throws. Yeah. Tom Brady never has that much, Mm. you know. Now, some of it, you know, there's a couple passes look like, you know, maybe him and Cameron Brait were on the same page or, you know, so were they actually missed throws or did a receiver run a wrong route? We may never know. But yeah. it, you know, Tom Brady was not Tom Brady tonight, and it was, it was, I don't want to say startling to see because when you you take the whole totality of everything going on about it, it's understandable. But it was a different Tom Brady than we're used to. Yeah, I agree totally. He he wasn't sharp. He threw some, he missed some targets high, um, you know, and then and then he wasn't helped out. I think you know Cameron Bray dropped a ball or two, and mm-hmm. you know there were some plays out there to be made. The best guy he had to throw to quite frankly, was Antonio Brown. I, mean, I thought Brown played really well. Uh, Mike Evans had had his moments. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin was really not much of a factor, except on one drive he had back-to-back uh, 20-plus-yard catches, I think. Mm-hmm. And we only get in the end zone one time. Look, Belichick was smart. I mean, it, what, what Belichick did was sort of encourage the Bucks to run the football, and they obliged. I mean, it was a, it was a wet night. The ball was hold, hard to hold on to. Um, they played a lot of cover too, and when they didn't, when they get, when he got single high, then Tom would try to make plays way down the field, which are like you know not high percentage passes. So basically, he was left with just dink and dunk, and they wanted you know you know Belichick was basically saying you know you might win, but you're not going to have any numbers, and you're not going to be the guy that gashes us today. And so they sort of turned it over to Leonard Fournette, who had a really good game. I mean, he ran. Ran really hard, you know, uh, just under, I guess, 100 yards, around 90 yards or so, and 20 carries. And then the only touchdown came actually from Ronald Jones. But, you know, it was good that they reestablished the run mm-hmm. and they kind of balanced things, especially on a night like that. Because it really was, I don't know if you could tell on TV, it rained the entire day. I mean, you know, from start to finish. And it was, and by the end of the night, it was a steady, hard rain, mm-hmm. um, which which made it really difficult with footing, with all kinds of stuff. We have a couple of photographers, man, that are just like soaked to the bone. It's just incredible how wet they got out there. And I can't imagine going to this game as a fan and, and the buildup and when, wanting to see it. And then we had the most beautiful day on Saturday up here in New England that you've ever seen. And then the weather started to turn about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And it just got progressively worse until, you know, by the end of that game, man, it was just buckets. And so – you know, it, it it sort of may sort of dampen, <clears throat> no pun intended, the the whole ordeal. I th- I thought his reception it was interesting. It wasn't. I got to be honest with you, like there's so much build up for this, and I know that Brady is just relieved it's over. 
because he'll never have to experience anything like this again. I mean, they'll never come back here while he's still playing unless he plays till he is 50. But, you know, I thought, you know, the fans were definitely engaged when he came out for warm-ups. Then again, when you know, they played like a video montage for about a minute, and then he ran out again for the regular uh, game. And what was really interesting about Boston fan is Boston fan, they're, they're really smart. Like they love Brady, want to back Brady, we're going to applaud Brady. And then as soon as the game started and Brady went out for the first series, they booed the hell out of him. <laughs> it was great. It was like, okay, enough of that. We've softened you up. Now we want to kick your butt. And it was just the it was the it was the most juxta what a juxtaposition. Like, hey, wait a minute, aren't you the people that was like screaming for me two seconds ago? Yeah, now we're gonna bully you, Brady. All right. You're not better than me. And so they did. And um it was hilarious. But yeah, there's just I mean the game itself, there was just so many mistakes. And again, the penalties, oh my gosh. The penalties were were just atrocious and and it was you know it actually you know when you really looked at it it wasn't a great game at all no it was, I mean, a it was a close game. game yeah but it was uh, was not a lot of it was not a well plays. played game i mean no. and, and and i'll go back to i'll give bill belichick credit the defenses he was he was not giving tom brady the same look nope it was never what what it looked like was never what the defense was Nope. I mean, you know, Belichick talked about in the post game. I said, you know, well, your first time going against Brady. He goes, we've gone against Brady every day in practice for twenty years. Um, yeah, you know, and you know he, what he did? He he prevented him from getting any kind of pre snap look. Mm-hmm. Brady had to make decisions and read it on the fly. Yep, because they were moving guys in and out, um, and so he didn't get a look until the ball was snapped. That's that's I think that was Belichick's intent was, we're not going to let you know what we're doing until you snap the ball. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to have to figure it out on the fly. And if you and if you do that and you play tight man coverage, you don't give him these big windows to throw in, you know. Um, and you, he has to be patient. He has to check it down. We know he doesn't have great receivers at the running back position. And so, really, it was Godwin. It was Evans. It was Brown. Brown on the outside probably did the most. Second most was probably Evans. He did, um, although Brown dropped a touchdown that you know normally yeah. he makes. Now the weather could have been a part of that. On a dry too. day, I think he catches that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean that that's a tough catch. I'm not saying you know it wasn't an easy drop, but right, you know, yeah, that's one where Brady, you know, Brady put it exactly where he had to put it. Yep. And, and normally, you know, Brown would catch that, but I think yep. the weather affected that. I thought it was interesting because, like, speaking of they get so they get down there and there's about two minutes to go and they have a chance to kick a field goal for the lead or keep you know driving preferably and, and get a touchdown, and they had like um, I don't know second and eight, and they take not one but two shots in the end zone um, to Antonio Brown and don't make don't complete either one and then they then they're left with a you know a fairly sizable field goal I mean it's like forty six forty seven yards. Mm-hmm. And in that, you couldn't tell maybe on TV, but the wind was not good, like in that direction. And so I credit Suckup. He had missed once down there, and, and, you know, he kicked his fourth field goal. But then there was still plenty of time left. And, you know, really, I got to say this about Mac Jones. I don't know if he's going to be the next Tom Brady. I doubt it because nobody is. It's like saying, well, this guy's the next Jordan but or the next Tiger. But Mac Jones is a tough kid. (laughs) He's – let me just he say this. He took a beating. Woo! I thought Devin White sawed him in half one time. I thought they're, he's going to get up and there's going to be two body parts, you know, the, the upper torso and the lower torso. And they didn't call a penalty, and it wasn't, but he got that ball off, actually. Man, did he take some smacks. And how about Joe Tryon Showinka? Is that guy any good? 
He had two sacks as well, his first two of his career. Although one time, Vitavea just picked two guys up and pushed them in the back, and he looped around them and got the sack. He was good. I'll tell you who was not very good was Richard Sherman. Mm. Now, no. He's, you know, what, three days or four days ago signed? Isn't really, I mean, I'll give him a little bit of a pass. That, oh, you have you know, to. I mean, he's you still not to. in football shape and hadn't played really in over a year and all that. Yeah. But they were picking on him. I mean, you could see the game plan was go for Sherman. Oh, just and go I, and, right at him. And he and was, they had a good day doing it. Yeah. But you know what? That's what you, the one thing Sherman managed to do. Um, of course, the defense they played was not allow too many balls over his head. And I mm-hmm. think that's. But the fact that he in in with no camp with with mm-hmm. basically training himself on a peloton. Um, that that he would find a way to get out there and and start and play almost every play of the game, mm-hmm. and where would they be without him? Because guess what? Um, now when Carlton the, Davis went down hurt, the Bucks have another injury, and it's yeah, and it's a bad one. It's Carlton Davis. He has a quad injury. Didn't look good. Of course, he came in with an abdominal slash rib injury, and he was questionable for the game. Then we heard he was going to start. And then all of a sudden, you know, towards the end of the game. Also, you may have missed this because it was really late. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. suffered a concussion. He's in the concussion protocol. So that's not good because you've got, you know, they're on a stretch here of three games in 11 days. There's not much or any time left to get these guys healthy. And so, I mean, I don't know what it is about all these injuries in the secondary, but, boy, they're really – that's what you hope you don't have happen. You don't want one position to be targeted – the way it was, you know, with the offensive line in Kansas City a year ago. So that's sort of where they're at with defensive backs. Um, well, if you were, you know, last year, I mean, one of the reasons the Bucks went on to win the Super Bowl is they were a relatively healthy team all year. I mean, yeah. They were very lucky with the injuries. I mean, you know, they had some, like Vita Vea was out for part of the season, and they had a right. few, but it wasn't. It wasn't a ton, and it wasn't like grouped in one position like the Bucks no. right now. Defensive backs, they can't keep them healthy. No, they're done. They're, they just don't have anybody. Pierre Desir was playing. Um, of course, Richard Sherman was playing. Uh, they, they, just, they just don't have many guys. I mean, they just don't have many dudes. And so I don't know if they're going to be able to you know, go out and, and look for one or, or if they may get some guys back. You hope that Antoine Winfield's you know, not going to be have to miss because of a concussion. He had a hell of a game. You know, there's a lot of guys that played, I thought, pretty well in the back end. And, again, it was part of the combination of the rush. And Todd Bowles had a good scheme, and he got to Mac Jones. He hit him a lot. Um, well, they yeah. held New England to negative one yard rushing. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean. You can't run against them. You just can't. No. You can't. I mean, New England, you know, basically gave up on the run game. I mean, right. a couple times they ran it just to keep you honest. But, you know, it was like, you know, I mean, they basically, New England looked at it and said, look, we can't run. Nope. And their secondary is weak, so we're just going to air it out. And I was impressed attack, with Mac attack. Jones. I thought Mac Jones played very. I thought well. he was great. Yeah, and tough it, kid. Yeah, tough kid. But he was also going through his progressions. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't no, like he knows who to throw it to. Mm-hmm. He throws it to the right guy. You rarely see him. You go, eh, I don't know if I'd try to squeeze that. No, there was one. There was one that he went back, tried to throw it across, and Devin White should have picked it off. He almost yeah. over. He basically overran it, which is why he didn't pick it off. Right, that was a really right. bad pass. But beyond that, I mean, he played very one well. One ball, one ball. I thought hit. Yeah, the, the one that hit White, I thought he probably should have had. Um, but yeah, that was that was the most egregious one. The rest of them, look and credit Josh McDaniels too. Like he called he called the trick plays at the right time in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he when you dial those up, you they got to work, and he made them work. 
in critical critical points, uh, one of which led to a touchdown. So, you know, it was cl- it was a close game. It was it was obviously there was a you know subplot to it. There was it was intriguing a little bit. Um, it wasn't great football, and it wasn't a great night to say the least because of all the rain and stuff. But it was interesting, and it was it had, and I think Brady, you know, what I saw in his face after the game was just relief. Mm-hmm. You know, just sheer relief. And, and all the Boston writers that he's known for 21 years are there, and they're asking him, uh, are you going to come back and retire here as a, as a Patriot? Like, no, I, I'm not thinking about retiring right now. But if I did, you know, I probably would. And he'll be back up here. There's no question about that. His name, obviously, is going in. The, they should name the stadium after the guy. He was funny. He was like, <clears throat> you know, when I was an opponent, he goes, I didn't really think about this. He goes, but it. They got that damn foghorn. <laughs> and he's like, that thing is loud. He goes, I didn't, you know, our, it was always our defense on the field, so I never even thought about it. He goes, man, I'm out there on offense going, that damn thing is loud and uh, trying to function that way. But And we haven't even talked about He set the all-time NFL passing yards. Yeah. And that was the most subdued. Oh, my God. Well, because – they they hit the pass what to Mike Evans a long pass Mike Evans yeah and Al you know I don't know what they did in the press box in that but Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on TV it's like well he's uh, he's one yard shy of the record we'll go to break yeah I and, kept hearing then, that. and Brady called a timeout but then all of a sudden they came back going well they told us that uh, that's now the record and yeah and it was like well what and and there was barely a stoppage in play because it came out of a timeout anyway because right. you know Brady called a timeout that and it was just it was like. Like the most, you know, you remember Drew Brees when he set the record. Oh, he went over and hugged his kids. Yeah. And no, it's a home game, so for so it's different and everything else. And Brady had said, "Look, I don't want, I don't want a stoppage of play. I mean, we can, you know, acknowledge it for a minute or whatever." Yeah. But it, but it was like nothing even happened. Almost, it was kind of I bizarre know. watching it on TV. Yeah, he, he uh, when he showed up to the news conference, he had the ball, and it was in kind of his bag there, his carry on, and. Um, Somebody asked him about it. He goes, yeah, that one I'm taking. <laughs> I'm keeping that one. Yeah, I mean, you imagine how many footballs, how many game balls in 21 years Tom Brady has gotten, right? Um, more than a couple. And But he's like, yeah, <clears throat> I'm keeping this one. This one this one matters. It puts you over the top, you know, most yards in NFL history. So he wanted to take that one home. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And they're gonna look. They're three and one. Um, interesting day in the NFL. Every NFC South team lost except the Bucks, including you know the Saints going down in overtime to the New York Giants. They gave up the last seventeen points in that game. Daniel Jones was Danny Dimes again. You know he had almost over four hundred yards passing, which was remarkable. And and so that was big. Carolina loses to Dallas. That was an entertaining game. Dallas is really good, by the way. Um, but Carolina loses it to them. So, you know, all of a sudden, the Bucks are looking okay at 3-1. and one. Uh, And the Rams lost. I mean, the Cardinals are the, the only Cardinals. team in the NFC that are undefeated at 4-0. Yeah. And they're legit. They're legit. 
you're going to hear this week. Remember a couple weeks ago or last week it was, oh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, no, he could he could have won 10 Super Bowls if he played it on a good team. Now you're going to hear Kyler Murray for MVP of the league, I promise you, sometime today. Well, the way he played he today, you, uh, you, can, uh, you can justify the talk that he's a legit Boy, candidate. He was terrific, and I wish I had the guts to go like a sports bookie or something like that. I'm not a gambler. I never was, but I, I was certain that the Cardinals would win that game today. I just I have no idea. I just think that that, that Murray is dynamic. You know, with Brady, they always knew where he was going to be. Um, you know, so I think it's a much harder task to face a guy as talented as Murray and, and multifaceted as he is. So that was interesting. There's a lot of interesting games in the NFL. I I enjoyed it. My gosh, uh, I was watching Tennessee was going lining up to kick a tying field goal in overtime and missed. And the Jets, both New York teams won. Giants both in overtime. Both in overtime. How about that? New York is off the schneid, although New Jersey yeah, technically because Buffalo has been good. But New York, New York, start spreading the booze. Um, yeah, so fun, fun day in the NFL, All but right. a long day. And now we know that the Rays will face the winner of the wild card game, which will be New York at Boston on Tuesday night. Yeah, We did not get chaos like I had hoped. The, yeah, Ra- the was, Rays, the Rays were zero zero with the Yankees till the ninth. Boston was losing most of the day. Yeah, they those two teams both lost, and then um, the Toronto, Toronto won. I think yeah. Seattle lost, but we would have had a three way tie, so we would have started having games one sixty three, which would have been yeah. fantastic. But yeah, I'm going to tell you, um, the Yankees is a team I'd be afraid of if I were the Rays. They're the ones. I'd be a little bit afraid. And look, they no, the Rays handled them this weekend. No, I know they did, and they had but, nothing on the line. I mean, the Yankees well, did. The Rays didn't. Right, but I think that makes it easier for the Rays. I mean, you could say, well, why they care? They they already clinched. They they you know didn't matter. That's true. But I think you can play looser, knowing that no matter win or lose, you're already guaranteed the playoffs. All that stuff. Whereas I think the, obviously the Yankees gave it the best shot, and one day they they got the hell beat out of them, but. You know, can you do that when it's win or go home? And in a five-game series, that's an awfully quick quick series if you drop one or two at home. But I just think the Yankees, if Judge and Stanton are, are swinging the bats the way they have been for the last month and a half and they get their pitching straightened out just a little bit, their bullpen is formidable. I mean, their bullpen is legit. Now, sometimes Chapman blows up, but I don't know. Well, Garrett Cole, I guess, would probably go Tuesday. They didn't pitch him on Sunday. That'll help. So he'll go in the wild card Tuesday, meaning he won't be ready for till game three or four. That'll really help. Game three yeah. would be Sunday. Uh, normal rest would be game four on Monday. Yeah. No, I guess Sunday would be the normal rest, game three. So he, you wouldn't see him till game three in New York. Right. You know, if, if the Yankees win that game. so no, That's a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the Yan- and the Rays did get 100 wins, too. A hundred? How about that? Isn't that amazing? A hundred wins for this team. Uh, Randy Rosarino, the only the third twenty twenty guy for the Rays. Yeah, he hit twenty home runs over the weekend, and then it got to twenty steals. He joins oh. B.J. Upton, who did it, I believe, three times, and Tommy Pham. Studs, studs. How about your boy, Brandon Lau, with the three bombs Ooh, on Saturday? Seven RBI, two three run shots. So has he got forty now? Is he got? Is he close to forty? I think he finished with thirty. Eight or nine. 39, 38, and he had close to 100 RBIs. What a year for that guy. He did 
Like, he would go days sometimes without playing. Uh, well, not only that, but the first month, month and a half of the season, he wasn't oh, very rough. good. Yeah. Now, if he didn't hit in the postseason this time, because he, he's, he can't swing in any better than three dongs in one one afternoon at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, he finished with 39 home runs. So Yeah, which is impressive, man. For a second baseman, I think they said it was the most in the American League for a second baseman since many, many years. Well, Marcus Simeon set the record for second baseman this year when he hit his 44th earlier this week. Wow, that's incredible, too. So, I mean, that was the all-time record for second. And Brendan Law had 39. Yeah, he was right there. He was right Davey there Johnson sure. had the record before then at 43. Davey Johnson at 43. I remember that. I do remember that. The Orioles team was yeah. loaded. And then a wild college football week. And we'll get into more of it this week, but Florida loses. Oh, my God. Florida State you know, wins. I was That was a good thing, but I was dismissive of uh, – remember, I was talking to Matt, and he goes, oh, just go yada, 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 like Florida going to Kentucky. <laughs> I said, come on, like, Kentucky, what? What am I missing? It's apparently everything. I don't have. I don't know what it is. I, I something about Dan. Mull- I don't know. I don't know. Call me. I'm just cynical. I'm not saying I got a guy that should replace him, but man, there's no way this guy is going to go and or win the SEC. And if you're not going to win championships, because by the way, Georgia and Alabama, two best teams in the country. You can mix them up, throw them together, and that's just the reality. Uh, but but yeah, you're not putting uh, my Bearcats in that mix. Well, your Bearcats made a nice accounting of themselves. I mean, they go up to Notre Dame and with touchdown Jesus looking at them, they do the they do the Irish pretty well. So they're up to number five in the AP poll. The problem is they'll the finish tenth by the end of the year. But yeah, you know. the schedule will drive them down. It's unfortunate, but that's sort of the way it goes. And you know, the SEC will have two and maybe three teams in by then. Who knows? But I don't think Florida's going to be one of them. I really don't. Well, and Arkansas think, just got rolled by Georgia. So. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, come in here, everybody talking smack about and, Arkansas's and, back. And the Aggies lost. Yep. Jimbo right. Fisher got the new contract in time. Yeah, he did. Somebody had a good idea that, uh, you know, Ed Orgeron will get fired at LSU and Jimbo Fisher will return to Baton Rouge and throw the whole the whole thing in chaos because um, there's bound to be turnover, but... Yeah, exciting week of college football. So we had the Rays. The Rays will start. Uh, the LDS starts on Thursday. Correct. This week. The uh, wild yeah. card is Tuesday night. Yeah. So we'll find figure out who they're playing, and of course we'll be doing all of that. I know the Lightning are playing preseason games. They're not far away from their regular season opener, right? No, they got the three more regular preseason games this week against the Panthers. Tuesday in Orlando. Thursday at home. Saturday in Florida. The opener is a week from Tuesday night. Victor Hedman feels good skating around with his meniscus repaired and all of that, so they're uh, they're headed for a good start. So yeah, it's best time of the year. Bucks three and one. They play Miami on Sunday. Then they have a quick turnaround and go to Philadelphia on Thursday. Part of their three games in eleven days. So these injuries are mounting. There's uh, virtually no way to to get more people off the couch to play defensive back for you. And you know <laughs> it didn't look good for Carlton Davis. So. I don't know what they're going to do. Winfield's in the concussion protocol. Now, you, now you're looking at having to get some safeties. Maybe there's an old safety out there or two that Tom Brady can call because you know he'll be on the phone probably on the way home. So it was also B.A.'s birthday. Nice uh, happy birthday to him, 69 years young. Just a little bit younger than Bill Belichick, as a matter of fact, who turned 69 in April. So when you're thinking about old coaches, don't 
don't think of uh, B.A. as much as Yeah, because I think Pete Carroll's older, too, so B.A.'s not even the the top two. He's not in the top two. You're right. Carroll and then Belichick and then then B.A. So, um, but he was a little chafed, too, that I'll just wrap it up on this, that he... He said, look, all week long, everybody's talking about Brady and Belichick, Brady and Belichick. The, the damn game's not Brady and Belichick, okay? I knew they were going to have 22 guys on that field, and they're going to play their asses off. And, and you know what? I knew our 22 guys were going to play their asses off, but it was never about two guys. And he goes, you know, I don't think Bill Belichick's ever played it down, has he? It's like, whoa, where's all this coming from? But I think, you know, the, the storyline, I mean, you couldn't turn on a radio, TV, podcast, anything. Um where they weren't talking about Brady v. Belichick. But it was a thing. And how do we know it's a thing? Because Belichick went and talked 24 minutes after the game and specifically wanted him to have kind of a captive audience, I guess, so you got some splaining to do. But, you know, of course it was a thing. That was the backdrop of the whole game, and the Bucks were fortunate to win. So, anyway, it's late. Uh, I'm catching an early plane out of here from Boston, Massachusetts. We'll talk to Bruce Arians later today. And try to get an update on the injuries because, man, oh, man, are they mounting. And I just don't know how you begin to replace all these guys. And hopefully they don't discover um, a few more. So um, I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of college football talk with Matt Baker later this week. We'll do some Rays talk to preview the uh, ALDS, which is Thursday. See who they host. Pay attention to those wild card games. And it's going to be an exciting week of uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay. So thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.